We are going to finish Pe'azrat Hashem, the 23rd chapter of Ilkhot Shabbat of Arambam, Sefer Zamanim, Mishneh Torah. We left it off last time at the end of Halakha Yod Het, and Halachot Yod Tet, and Halakha uh, Yod Tet begins Shavuyot that have to do with the Melacha of Mechika. Mechika means to erase, but it's not to erase just for the purpose of erasing, that will be Mechalkel and therefore Batur. It's to erase for the purpose of writing things um, over the, the place that was erased. Back in the day, paper, papyra, leather was extremely expensive, and they'd very rarely throw it away, and they'd much rather reuse it by deleting or erasing somehow whatever had been written than rewriting on it. That is the original Melachav Limhok. Now listen, this is a very, very interesting Gezerah Hamim made. And let's say it out how it is, and then after we understand what the halacha is, we can discuss whether we like it or not, but the law is what it is. Asur likrot b'shitre hediotot b'shabbat, shelo yehe kahol v'yavolim hok. It's forbidden on Shabbat to read any writings, I'm just uh, referring to what Harambam explains in Pirusha Mishnayot, to read any writings that are not sifrehan nevi'im, Anything that is not one of the Nevi'im, including the Torah, of course, or its interpretations, including Torah Shabbat, of course, it's forbidden to read on Shabbat. It's not permissible to read on Shabbat magazines, journals, uh, fiction books, non-fiction books, nothing that's not And the reason Hachamim gave is so that given that it's not something that you take as seriously as you may come to want to edit it, which means you may come to erase it and then rewrite on it to take notes, uh, annotate, but annotate back in the day meant to actually amend the text. So these texts are amend amendable, and therefore they said there is a concern that you might come to erase. Now, I'm a little bit suspicious here if that was a real reason. And this is, I think, a teaching moment for us to understand. Hachamim always give a gezerah. They tell you what is permissible, what's not permissible, and that could be the end of it. The, the pretext for the gezerah might be interesting, but it's not really relevant for the law. And if they said the reason is lest you come to erase it, and, you know, especially because of the way Harambam um, the, the way Harambam uh, brings within the same halacha, as we are going to see later, it seems that this was more than just a concern for, for coming to a melacha. It may have been that they just didn't want us spending our Shabbat reading things that were not Torah and its perushim. Maybe. It's irrelevant. It's asur and it's asur, and that, that's the end of it. But uh, I just want to point out the reason or the, the official pretext given by Hachamim may not always be the motivation that they had to come up with the, a certain gazira. This gazira extends so much that even if a person wants to calculate, he has guests over and he wants to see what food he gives to each table, he can do so orally, but he may not do so by reading from a menu or by reading from something that he had set up before with seating arrangements and so on and so forth. 
לפיכך, אם היו השמות חקוקים על הטבלה או על הכותל, מותר לקרותן מפני שאינו מתחלף בשטר. Therefore, if there is something different about this, for example, these names were written on a table or on the wall, not on a piece of paper, then this is enough to bring it outside the Gezerah and it's permissible to do so because it's not the same as what you do on hall. ואסור לקרות בכתב המהלך תחת הסורה ותחת הדיוקני בשבת. It's even forbidden to read the inscription that's under a statue of any sort or under a, a work of art. So under a work of art normally you have a painting of whatever painted by whoever in Uh, however, in, in, in this, on this and in this and this year, that is for, <coughs> forbidden to read. <coughs> Let me point one thing out, though. Uh, the word likrot in Hebrew may or may not include reading with your eyes only. Okay, let me repeat this. The word likrot in Hebrew may mean specifically reading things out loud, reciting. It's not clear to me whether this halakha includes likrot in the wider sense of the word or in the strictest sense of the word, which is only reading out loud. One more thing that doesn't have anything to do with limhok, which is why I'm saying uh, there is something fishy here. Um, it's forbidden to read ketubim. Mishle, Tehilim, Yob. Uh, during the time at which the Hacham is giving a Drashaim Bet HaMidrash. Haramam describes how, uh, how Shabbat used to be, and after Shaharit, people come home, they have their uh, brunch. Obviously, it's much earlier than, than what people in New York are used to, to doing on, on Shabbat morning. Um, and then they go back to the Bet Midrash. They go back to, to, to the Bet Midrash where they, there is a derasha given by the Hacham and we have collections of those derashot from the times of the, of the very late Tanaim, very early Amoraim, uh, darash this and this, darash that and that. Those are all derashot given around that time. So as a point of a, a community policy, Hachamim forbade people from staying home and instead of coming and joining that derasha, reading on their own which are beautiful and it's very commendable to read them, but just not at this time. They did so as a gezera to avoid the, the emptiness of the Bet HaMikdash. People would stop coming. Because it can happen that everyone decides to stay home and read Ketubim instead of coming to Bet HaMikdash. Kaf, sorry. And halachot kaf and kaf alef are very interesting. They deal with a situation where, let's just review for a second. It's forbidden to transport things on Shabbat. Mina Torah, if you're doing it from Rashut Ayahit to Rashut Rabim or vice versa, or in Rashut Rabim itself, more than four amot at a time. And Mid Rabbanan, if you're doing so from Karmelit to Rashut Hayahid or to Rashut Rabim or vice versa, or If you are doing this within Rashut Hayahid itself, in certain areas where Hachamim forbade to carry because they look like Rashut Arabim or because there is no Ayruv, and so on and so forth. Here we are talking about something else, something further beyond this. This is a trivia question. If anyone ever asks you, is there any situation under which it's forbidden to carry, to transport things within 
פשוט היחיד that has a the answer is halachakaf of this chapter. Very specific case, a little bit counterintuitive, but let's understand it together. If a fire erupts inside the haser, the haser is Rashut Ayahid on Shabbat, and no one sees what there is in the haser, the haser is forbidden to save from this one haser anything that the person wants, everything that the person wants. You, you can't just go and take everything and save everything from the fire and bring it to another haser in the same mavoi, even though there is Eruv. So there's no problem here of carrying because there's no Eruv. It's something else. It's a separate Gezerah. Gezerah, Hachamim wanted to be very stingy in how much they'll permit you to save from the Deleka. Because if you try to save as much as, much as you can, then the as much as you can is problematic. The as much as you can can bring you to be tempted to save everything that is possible to save, even if you have to resort to turning off the delika, which is obviously forbidden. Because a person loses their mind a little bit whenever their pocket is affected. That's it. We have a very simple standard. You may only save, retrieve from the haser that's catching fire to a different haser. Only enough food that you'll need for this very Shabbat. And also, only enough garments and objects that you'll, want, that you'll need to use during that Shabbat. And clothing only as much as you can wear at once. This way, the person, by knowing he's so limited in what he has to take, he sort of gives up, he understands it's a lost cause, he's not going to be able to save anything. So, so the incentive to go and turn off the fire, to put the fire away, is gone. If there is no Eruv between the Haserot, then we are back to a different problem, Eruv Haserot, or Eruv Mevoot rather, and then uh, there is no special permission to save anything during a Deleka, uh, at least not through Yehudim. We said in chapter Perek uh, Vav, uh, chapter 6, that through a Goy, you may hint to a Goy to help you with the fire. What can a person save? What constitutes the food that one will want to eat during that Shabbat? If the fire happens Shabbat evening, then there is still enough time to have three se'udot, and that's how much you can save. You can save enough food that will last you for three whole se'udot. And you can take kinds of foods that are edible for humans, for however many humans you have, and kinds of foods that are suitable for animals, for however many animals you need to feed. However, if this happened in the morning, then you no longer have time for three se'udot on Shabbat. There is only two se'udot left during the day, and therefore you only save for two se'udot worth. If it's a minha, you only save mazon for one se'udah. 
במה דברים אמורים, הלכה כ"ב, When are we saying that you can only save that you are capped to three סעודות, or any, any of the other caps, במסיל בכלים הרבה, או שהיה ממלא כלי ומוסיאו מערב וחוזר וממלא אותו שנייה. This is only if in order to save you need to use many receptacles, many containers at the same time or the same container you have to go in and out and in and out. So if you are doing it that way, Hachamim limited you to a certain cap. However, אבל אם הוסיא כלי אחד הוסאה אחת אף על פי שיש בו כמה סעודות מותר, however, if you do everything in one container, you take a huge box and you put inside a lot of food, <coughs> then you are not capped at three סעודות or two סעודות or one סעודה, you can have however much food as you want, as you can fit inside, in one shot. הלכה כ"ג, כסד, מסיל סל מלא כיכרות אף על פי שיש בו כמה סעודות. A person can save one large sal, one large basket filled with breads, with loaves of breads, even though that is enough for multiple saudot. Likewise, with, they used to take dry figs and pack them together into this large cylinder. This helps them be preserved, and then they cut pieces of it. That, that was a snack. That's the aigul devela. So a big one of those, which is very dense, it probably has thousands of calories in it, um, or a havichel yain, or a large container filled with wine, although this would last for many saudot, you can take all of, that, all, all of those in one shot, that's fine. וכן אם פרסת ליטו וכיבס בה כל שיכול להוסיף והוסיעה המלאה בבת אחת מותר likewise, if a person would rather take a large towel or a large blanket or anything and put inside everything as much as he can fit inside and then carry that all at once, he's entitled to do so. Also within the same situation, carrying within Rashut Ayahid with Ayruv and still forbidden because of the Serefa situation, because of the Deleka, because of the fire. If he calls his neighbors and he says to, to everyone, come, everyone, come and save for you as well. I'm done. I'm, I took anything I'm entitled to. I don't want this to go to waste. Everyone should come and take. So every person who comes has the same rule as the owner of the house. They can take however, however uh, much food that they need for that Shabbat. Or like we said in the... immediately prior halakha, one container in one shot as much as you want. And then that stays and belongs to the one who is saving. If the, the one who is saving the food wants to do a favor to the one whose house is going on flames and says, okay, after he says, he says, you know what, I, I, I'm fine. This, this really belongs to you. I don't want to take it. He's also permitted to after Shabbat receive some kind of a reward for his efforts. And this is not Sechar Shabbat, that is an important point now. Given that there is no Melacha, there is no prohibition, everything was done in a permissible way, and therefore it's not a problem to be paid for something like that that was done on Shabbat. Again, specifically with respect to this term Sechar Shabbat, According to Harambam, Sechar Shabbat 
only applies and is only forbidden with respect to something, that, an action that is an in itself forbidden. However, something that is 100% permissible, that's not called Sechar Shabbat. I'm not saying it's 100% permissible to do so. There may be other issues as we discussed earlier in other chapters, but it's not what's called Sechar Shabbat. So if you see other Rishonim, other Haronim talking about Sechar Shabbat, just know according to Harambam, Sechar Shabbat is very specifically, very narrowly with respect to actions that are in themselves Milachot or Isur. Why was this not forbidden? Because he only did this transportation within a place that had Ayrub. One may upgrade the food. If a person went in and saved bread and then he looked and this is the best bread he had, then he shouldn't go back inside once he has reached his cap. He shouldn't go back inside um, and, and save bread that is less uh, good, of a lesser quality than the one that he saved. However, if it turns out that the bread he saved was not the highest quality bread he had in his house, he's permitted to go back and save the higher quality bread. And if this happens during Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur falls on a Friday, Yom Kippur has the same halachot as Shabbat for Ayruvin, for carrying, and so on and so forth. So the same applies, obviously not to eat on Yom Kippur, but to eat on Shabbat that follows immediately after. However, on Shabbat, let's say Shabbat, let's say Yom Tov or Yom Kippur is on Sunday, so one may not save on Shabbat enough for the Shabbat and also more food for Sunday, which happens to be Yom Kippur or Yom Tov. Likewise, you should not save from after reaching the cap from one Shabbat to the next Shabbat. So this was food. Second part of What should a person, what is the cap of what a person should save for his clothing? He should dress however many pieces of clothing he can at the same time. Yes, six, seven coats, that's fine. However many you can handle. However many talitot or blankets around, wrap uh, the person however many as, as he can. And then after he's done so, he can tell everyone else, his neighbors, come and do the same for yourself. And everyone else also takes as much as they can by wearing them and, and they take them. And then they can keep this clothing, everyone who is saving them, because this is otherwise hefker. Now we, we, we sort of, we're switching the, the example to something that's the opposite. So until now we were saying a Hatser uh, to another Hatser in a Mavoy that has Ayruv, although there is absolutely no problem with it, Hachamim wanted to be more stringent because 